You know, I'm really glad that I picked music that I like for that intro because <laughs> how many weeks are we into this? Like, this is episode. This is episode like 41. 41. So it's but, almost but been the, a year. But and this is almost, we're almost done with season one. Who knows what season two is going to be? Yeah. <laughs> season two could have totally different intro music. At one point, Ch- uh, <laughs> Chad, Colson picked some music that I was like, uh, that's like heavy rock. <laughs> I I did that for a minute. <laughs> I did that for a video, and then the the video started, and it was like, "Hi guys!" And it was like, <laughs> and it was like, "Ah, oh, this just doesn't fit." I don't. We I probably don't. won't. We probably won't use that music, but but sorry, I interrupted you. you no, said it's you're, fine. You're That's... glad that you're listening to music that you like because we've yeah. been listening to it a decent. Because we've time. been listening to it for so long, and and it, and it really tempts you to do what Colson just did, which was the. Like you're doing piano keys in front of you yeah, with your yes, fingers. Piano. Absolutely. That's like, that like is all of us do when we're listening to Piano Man. That is real. Joel. Everyone does it. Or Sing Your Praise to the Lord by Amy Grant. Oh. You feel the need to actually when you when you ain't Sing Your Praise to the Lord by Rich Mullins. Yeah, I was about to say that that's yeah. that piano intro tells you that it was not Amy Grant who wrote <laughs> that's that right. song. That was Rich Mullins. <laughs> well true. Because well, that, that dude played the piano hard. Yeah, he did. Paul, do you feel the obligation to play the air piano ever? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> we'll have to start watching. <laughs> See if yeah. New 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 goal life goals yeah. is to get Paul to, to un- me, unrealizingly to me, play Teenage the- Wasteland. That always gets me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> My God. Good. Good. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we're, we're anyway. so glad that you've joined us for the in-between. I always want to say good morning because we record this in the morning, um, but you could be listening to it whenever, so. Nope. Good time. <laughs> good time. Good, yeah. good day to you, yeah. sir. Yeah, right, you hey, write and into ma'am. us, write into us and let us know when you, when you listen yeah, there you to go. the podcast. That's a good, that's a good interaction point. <laughs> um, we are still in Daniel 11. Yeah. Um and uh super excited about it. Um mm-hmm. Chris, you you're you're not going to finish Daniel 11 even this week. I don't think so. I don't think so. One of the one of the things that I'm going to kind of as we get to it work our way down. I'd love to get down to verse 40-ish. Um because that's the verse that says at the time of the end yeah, and up until then, I feel real comfortable that we're looking at things that are in our history, even though they were in Daniel's future. Mm-hmm. And that's when things start happening periodically. There's a there's a few little places when you start going. The historians are going. Happened. I don't. I don't. Can't find anything that fits that. Yeah. Um, but it's still hard to know. Like in the that you know that doesn't mean that that from that point on is the end times for us versus the end of. A different empire, yeah. Um, but that's until then. Yeah, you got to work pretty hard to try to make it about anything other than the past, unless we talk about the birth pang model of yeah, that it's coming that, again. That things like this are going to come yeah. again, even if it's not just like this. Things like this are going to come again, and because you, you can certainly we see that happen. Um, but anyway so if i can get down through that then i'll be mostly done with just the history part at least um yeah anyway um but you wanted to look at a phrase um really quickly and that was in verse oh let me find it oh about the book yeah um um oh no 
Hey, this is a good moment to tell you That's to right. open up your Bibles and read Daniel 11. Well, no, um, I'm not finding it either. It's in my, uh, nope. Oh, gosh. I think I'm looking too late. It is in <clears throat> Daniel 11, chapter 11, verse... Somebody is listening oh my going, goodness. it's verse 13! It's <laughs> verse 13! Just yelling at their radio. Radio. Like we're on the radio. That's right. They're yelling at their radio. I feel like you're... we are. Oh, man. They're yelling at oh, them. my gosh. Okay, well, there's three of us looking at our Bibles. and What phrase are we looking for? Four of for? us looking at our Bibles. The uh, Written in the book. Why in the world no, I can't even search did we start there this there without knowing? 12. Found it. Nope. Yes, 12. <laughs> 12. 12. I was looking way too late. 1. It's actually 12-1. Oh, okay. That's when that shows up. That's why you couldn't find it in 11. Yeah, because I was looking at 11. It's in 12, yeah, verse on. 1. You're not even going to get to that. Why are we talking about that? Well, we're going to get there eventually. Okay. But that's that's a... That's a whole boy. It's, I feel like that's going to be almost a whole sermon. Yeah, the conversation of so twelve one says at that at that time Michael the great prince who watches over your people will arise. There will be a time of distress unlike any other from the nations beginning up to that time. But at that time, your own people, all those whose names are found written in the book, will escape. Yep. Yeah, that's an interesting. There's a there's a very like number one. Who is his own people? Yeah, he, are we just talking about Jews? Or are we talking about people who believe? He would. I think you would safely assume that Daniel would have assumed that meant Jews, the Jews. Yeah, but when we see the concept of this book showing up all through Scripture, it seems to be whether it's this book or not, all kinds of passages. This is the. You think this is the same book as the Revelation? I. Uh, that's. I'm going to present book of life. at least that. As a very real possibility. possibility. Yeah. Because it goes all the way back to Exodus. Um, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Mm. And in Psalm 69, Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. Um, I mean, some of those it just seems like is a like that's a reference to life and a reference to I don't know the history of life, right? Um, but it, I mean, I guess there's a um thought that that that's the book that um, you know, I think I think when I read Revelation, um, um, whenever I have read Revelation, I just always pictured it as almost like. Um, the Lamb's Book of Life is almost like Santa's naughty and oh, nice. Absolutely. I mean, that's just—it's just a thing. list of names, right? Um. So, but it kind of seems like if it if if you make the case that it's the same book, it seems like it's more than that. It seems like it's a huge right reference book of um the history of everything and even the. Maybe even the roll call in in 
the this, the ones that are going to be on the right versus the left, the sheep versus the goats. Like it's it's yeah. a, certainly certainly by the time we get to Revelation, that's what we're talking about. Some version of that. I don't know. I don't make the. I'm not trying to make a case that that's the same book. Mm-hmm. It is just an intriguing idiom that is used throughout Scripture. This and the people who know God well seem to fall back on that very quickly. Oh, you know, I mean God's book. Yeah, and and of course it's actually not not book. It's scroll. But sorry, that's scroll. That's, but it is funny that that's translated into book all the time when they weren't really doing those in Exodus. Um, I wonder if that's where the naughty and nice list came from. I mean, that would. I assume the naughty and nice list comes from the naughty and night list. Nice. Oh, list. you're right. Sorry that it was. I mean, that's what they're referencing just what is the real one. Is the real naughty and nice list. Right. I haven't seen that. So, I, you know, <laughs> I just thought maybe it was. I've seen it in several movies. Several movies. That's right. Also, I've seen a tattooed Jesus in several, or not Jesus, Santa in several movies. So. You know, well, there, there you go. I don't know what that means, but I just, I'm not sure Santa has tattoos, but he's portrayed that way. Well, have you ever seen him in real life? I, I haven't. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's right. End of discussion. <sighs> Mic drop. Okay. Paul, what are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm like, Paul's, Paul's reading the Paul's, Bible. Paul's <laughs> diligently studying something over there and we keep shifting topics and he's like, oh shoot, now I'm no longer part of the conversation. I don't know that that's I was like, we're on. getting to movies, we're getting to Santa. I'm <laughs> out twofold. No, I was looking at the concept that you said of how many books God keeps. Mm-hmm. Um, because certainly in Revelation 20, we do run in that one. But you mentioned Exodus 32, Psalm right. 69, yep. Malachi 3, and Luke 10. Mm-hmm. All reference this notion of the various yeah books or records that God keeps. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I... I don't know. It's this. <laughs> That's, you're stuck with. Yeah. Is it this? Is it one or is it scrolls? Because God's it, old school. That's right. It just it seems like there's a yeah some kind of divine record <laughs> that is written beforehand. Right. And at in this case, at least in Daniel, it is a, the basis of rescue. Right. Like who who will be rescued here? And and yeah, why will there be a, a deliverance for these people? And that that is something that at least is known to God mm-hmm. before. He's not figuring it out as it happens or when it's going along. He's he, yeah, he already has this down. Um, There's a ship manifest. Mm-hmm. Something. That's the thing. We it's hard to know. And I know there's different theories. And I know I have heard sermons and teaching in the past that tries to clearly delineate. It's kind of like the crowns. Clearly delineate. You know, there are these five crowns in the Bible. Or there are these three books in the Bible that, that God references like that, and I don't. I'm I'm never so confident that that's it's a neat and clean division. But, or but I'm also not confident that there's just one, and it is the same thing from Exodus all the way through Exodus, Daniel. You know, I think it, Philippians, and then of course Revelation, Luke. I don't know. Yeah, because certainly it, it has to be. I mean, we know that. Spiritual regeneration only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And so if this is to, specifically here, the Jews that are to be delivered, it either, I think, it has to be just a promise of a national deliverance from these human enemies right. to the, to, in this world. But if it is, it's that, but do you expand it into the next? Right. And I think if you expand it into the next, it is, 
it, it has to draw back to then these are somehow Jews who find spiritual regeneration by placing their faith, faith in Christ. But again, mm-hmm. now it's like how much of that is man's action and how much of that is God's Absolutely. action. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, again, that begs the question of more of, okay, so <laughs> when these books are written before time, what are they entailing? Right. Is there... Oh, shoot. I was looking at... This is an example. I found a, a article that references that there are three books opened, three specific books. But I don't... Again, There's I've heard that taught, but I don't more know. More references to books, but <clears throat> I guess right. they're delineating. They're trying to parse those out into different this is this is dangerous wikipedia has a page for the book of life i'm sure that's right i'm sure there won't be any errors on that so revelation 20 i'll start in 11 Mm -hmm. then i saw a great white throne and him who seated in it from his presence earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them and then 12 and i saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were open. So at least there it's plural. Books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And so that there, at least in, in the judgment before the great white throne, you have several books. That uh, seem to contain what people have done. Yeah, that a record that seemed to contain what is done. Mm-hmm. And then those books are at least separated from another book, which, which is, is the, book, the of book of life. life. Right. Um, but then everybody seems to be a judged, toward, at least here, the dead were judged by what was written in all of the books, the book of life and all of the others. So it seems to be inclusive of it. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, a good, it'd be a good, you know, kind of take a few minutes in the middle of the sermon and talk about this idea of, a judgment, a life. Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen would say, and if everyone, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into lake of fire. Yeah, I think this fits back to. I mean, we were talking about it, and you alluded to it in last week's sermon, the Facebook, you know, argument that you participated in of, yeah. and and where you yeah, really I drew off the notion, is, yeah. the notion of there are doctrines we may not like, right. Um, which I, I think, I mean, again, I resonated with me because I think that um, by far the one doctrine I would love to give myself, like I would love to give everybody, would be the idea of universalism. Yeah, absolutely, right? sure. Like our, by, if, you, if the measure was just my flesh, my opinion, just me getting to call the shots, then yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want everybody to go heaven and just let it all you know kind of work out for no matter what choices you make in life and it's like those those type things when it comes to you know when you're when you're trying to relate doctrine or theology and it's like when you go to god's word not with to find what you want but to find what it says and so that being probably the primary doctrine that i was like i would like to have this but i can't give myself this right because of scripture scripture then doesn't give me the freedom to then make it about my own rules or my own yeah. assumptions or what I want. And I don't like, again, I, I have no idea how this is actually going to happen. Like I'm, I, I, I've, I've looked at the scripture and I feel like that there I have, there's something in my mind that's telling me what I think 
um, some of this means, but I, it, to me, it doesn't make sense that somebody has this argument because they do they know humans? Because I, it God is not going to make us all love Him, right? And the idea that He would, you know, we would we would get to the we would um, die, we would make it to the judgment seat and that then God would say like, this is who I am. And it's the same. I am that I have been throughout time that is written in the Bible. And now you must right. Like not only kneel to me because they will, but you must love me. Like he's not going to do that. And there are plenty, like there are plenty of people who are going to look at his history like and I mean his history being history, right? Look at all of the things and know it, and the way that we are known, and they are not going to choose him. Even under those conditions, even under those conditions, right, they're right. not going to choose him. He is not a um. Who who's who called God a gentleman? See, I know Lewis did. Okay, I thought it was Lewis, but I wasn't going to attribute that to him if it wasn't. Like he's. He's a gentleman. He is not going to force himself on anyone. And I'm, I'm, you know, that's loose and I don't want to whatever, but like the idea that the idea that, um, that these people think that (laughs) the, the idea of universalism doesn't make sense to me only because I know that humans will not choose God every time. Right. I know they won't. I know that they will be disappointed in him and think that he is mean and vengeful and different things because they say that all the time. I mean, in fact, in the argument that I read that you were um, referencing, um, one of the guys said, like, who would who would worship a God like that who is, who is vengeful? Like, he's not vengeful, but the fact that you think he's vengeful because of what he has done Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Like, and and we we have this inflated idea of ourselves in the midst of that. That I you just you can't cure humans of. Well, that's one of the I, you know I used to wrestle with if we're since we're talking about this I used to wrestle with this whole idea that you know how could someone end up in hell for eternity, and and I yeah. referenced in, even in that argument. I understand, given the biblical accounts, what we know and what we don't know, why there are people who try to make the biblical case that people aren't in hell forever. And I do think there's much more room for that argument, biblically. There's much more room for that. But if they are, I used to wonder that, and then almost casually one time, uh, I think it was Dr. Craig, William Lane Craig, in a question, just referenced, like, why, why do you assume they stop sinning in hell? I mean, why do you assume that, like, they're not still being ongoing punished for the sins. They're still the rebellion, the hatred, the cursing of God. The like, you you that could go on forever. I mean, someone someone could continue to curse God stubbornly, hatefully forever, and therefore be disconnected from Him and facing His wrath forever. I was like, but wow, that's an excellent point. Like, they aren't being punished for you know for a million for a billion years because they sin for seventy. It's they're being punished for a billion years because they've sinned for a billion years. They just keep 
I mean, you know, the, you see that in the Bible all over the place. And people in, get it, and they and they, they response to it is to curse him further. And the yeah, and the and life we see it that That's you know. True. I mean, I've, I don't know how many times I've heard people say like that they would just they would rail against this God who has done this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like I understand that, but I mean, I understand that that is your position. I don't understand it, but it's a. It doesn't seem like something that's going to change when they are face to face with God. Um, oh, here's the quote. I think um, the only two kinds of people in the world: those who say to God, "Thy will be done," and those to whom God says, "In the end, Thy will be done." Yes. All that are in hell choose it. Without that self choice, there could be no hell. No soul that seriously and consistent and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek find. Those who knock, it is opened. Uh, which book is that? Because there's that's also the, that's the from the Great Divorce. There's also I don't know if it's also in the Great Divorce where he talks about uh, the mercenary soul. Um. Anyway, it's to there's, me it it it's not a question of like the the permanency of it um, does not necessarily fall on god yeah it doesn't it wouldn't have to i mean it could but it doesn't have to yeah heaven offers nothing that the mercenary soul can desire it is safe to tell the pure in heart that they shall see god for only the pure in heart want to (laughs) that's interesting that fits his higher up and higher end version of heaven in the narnia yeah that there are those who can't be taken in because they refuse to be taken in. Yeah. That's a, um, my favorite from an identity perspective, by the way, of Lewis's here is the God made us, invented us as a man invents a machine. A car is made to run on petrol and would not run properly in anything else. Yes. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel. Our spirits were designed to burn the food. Our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it's just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religious. Yeah. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. Yeah, it does That's not That's one exist. of his more sound, I think, that I love. is the You're, you're asking for a world that does not that exist. That doesn't exist. A reality that doesn't exist. So good. Anyway. You mentioned the Narnia series. I'm reading them to my kids for the first time. Oh, yeah? And I almost interrupted you and explained what petrol was because I feel like that's, that's what I do in the book constantly. <laughs> constantly is. I like, know, but you're is, right. There may be people out there. What is, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's English for gas, yeah. gasoline. <laughs> um, that's one of the two or three books that I can't read out loud to my kids without just weeping openly. Because you know, we've talked about how sad things don't really make me sad. I, I don't. I feel sad, but I don't express much emotion. They make me motivate me to action. But epic things just will like it's like they're crushing my heart it feels like and i can't when i know an epic thing is coming when there's something sad but i know it's going to be redeemed like i just start bawling and so when i read about the table and and aslan's being killed on the table like i can barely get through it i'm not crying because aslan's dying i i've read the book like i know what's next. it's because i know there's going to be this moment when the table breaks and, and I can't read that line about the table breaking and the girls turning back and they're afraid to look back over their shoulder when they hear the table break. And 
I'm like just blah. I can't even get through it. Sometimes I have to hand the book to one of the kids or Ginger. So I'm like, you you, you got to read this part. It just gets me every time. That is exactly so where epic. we are in the book. Really? Yeah. We just finished the chapter. I don't remember what it is. Thirteen, where it, in the way Lewis states it, it kind of is a cliffhanger. Oh the yeah, the it, chapter like, ends. Is he dead? Yeah. Like, and so uh, girls are like, wait, Madeline, my oldest in particular, she's like, well, of course he's not. He can't. No, there's no way. There's no, he's, he's still alive. And so it's, daddy, is he dead? Is he alive? Like, we'll see. I guess we'll have to see tomorrow. So yeah, that is, that is. Did you cry? No, I didn't cry yet. <laughs> but we're not at the next point, so we'll see. We'll okay. see in the next chapter. Yeah, I can't stop on that chapter. Like, I just, I don't know that I can be physically mm-hmm. capable of ending the story, of ending that chapter. Yeah, Chris's eyes are actually a little moist right now. <laughs> or I just <laughs> think about it and I'm like, it's so good. It's so good. This story is really good. <laughs> Some a, people refer to it as the greatest story ever told. It's like it's the greatest story ever told. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, you, I would, I want to encourage you with something that uh, that Paul encouraged me with this weekend at the men's um, event that we were at. Um, hey, take take the time to read it. Like, actually, set aside some time today and and read this story. Um, and you may not uh, be able to read, um, you know, some parts of it. Um, it. Maybe it's hard for you to read some parts of it, but actually spend some time um, in this story and mm. and look at it and be uh, impacted by it. It's it's worth it. Um, you can mm-hmm. take that as a encouragement today.